But we're in a series, and uh, you asked for it. We passed out questionnaire, had people write some down. And last week, we talked about worry and anxiety. Uh, and, and so I added, I didn't want to do worry and, and fear and anxiety, but I just separated because we deal with fears, we deal with worry, we deal with anxiety, and uh, it ought not be so. We talked about you know, all these things not natural to your body. They make you sick. If you worry all the time and, and concerned, you, you cannot live that way. And so we have to believe in God, believe in Jesus, and, you know, we stress out about our life, and our life is this long. But we have an eternity, an eternity. And so as we talk about fears, you know, they got all these phobias, phobias of spiders, phobias of snakes, phobias of being in enclosed, heights, anybody afraid of heights, uh, all these things. Well, really, it's you're afraid to die. You're afraid that snake going to bite you and you die. You're afraid the spider going to bite you and die. You're afraid you're going to fall and die. Well, you know what? We need to take care of death, too, and just let that off the plate because you're going to live forever in Jesus. Amen? Heaven is our home. But here, we're supposed to impact this earth for God, and you can't do it in fear. So let's address fear today, and let's go through it. And so I'm, uh, we're going to do some things. You know, last Sunday I made a statement, and the Lord really prompted me, sometimes you got to do something. Well, I believe. Well, why don't you just do something to prove you believe? Hmm. Remember the woman with issue of blood? She walked up behind Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. She did something to prove that she believed. She said within herself, if I can touch the hem of his garment, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I can be made whole. She waited till he passed by, and she slipped up behind him, touched the hem of his garment, and was made whole. Sometimes you need to get up and do something, and you need to walk around the house. You know, I always, I, I make fun. My kids were arguing. I don't know, y'all's kids never argue, but they're teenagers, and they're getting after it and one another. And I said, hey, everybody in the living room right now. And I said, it's time to leap for joy, because I was fixing to wear them out, you know. I said, we all need some joy in this house, and we just, and we, I said, everybody get in a circle, and they looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, on the count of three, I want you to leap. And she's like. Really? I said, yes, sir. Everybody leap. And so one, two, three, we jumped, and a smile came on everybody's face. And I said, we're doing it again until we get some joy. And so we did it three times. Sometimes you have to break the atmosphere. I'm telling you, there can be an atmosphere in your house. You better break it. And sometimes fear comes to rule your house, especially when it gets dark. You ever notice that? But joy comes in the morning. Well, you can have joy day and night. So, so, so let's look. Uh, we, we all have fears of rejection, fears of failure, fears of the unknown. Come on, we need to address it. You know, what is that out there, you know, creeping around the house? Is that Bigfoot? No. And so uh, anyway, uh, you know, whether you measure up, and, and let's deal with fear of what people think today too. Well, I couldn't do that. What would they think? It's not what they think, and it's not what you think. It's what God thinks. Amen. Amen. Not what they think, not what you think, because what you think will keep you out of the promised land. The ten spies came back, and they were in fear, and their opinion was, we can't do it, and they spent 40 more years in the desert. Are you in the desert? Is it fear that puts you there? 
Is it your opinion that I can't do that when God said, yes, you can? And you just don't know what he said. Or he told you, remember last Sunday I said, I've had two panic attacks in my life. One was in the seventh grade and one I was an adult, but I was pursuing something God said don't pursue. And I, <laughs> driving down the road, I'm like, where is this? But I was doing, I was chasing a, a business, a job that wasn't in the will of God for me. And so we have to be in the will. When you're born again, you step in the will of God. Now we want to find out what he, direction he wants us to go. So, are y'all with me? Amen. Our foundation scripture, 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I want to remind you, fear is not from God, and we don't accept what's not from God. Okay? Now, uh, last Sunday, just like in worry and anxiety, there are things that you can have a healthy respect for. Somebody said, is this a rattlesnake church? I said, no, but I can kill everyone you want to bring in here. <laughs> I'm a snake killer from Louisiana. But I remember fear. Fear will come on you for different things. So I was a kid, and, and all of us were following our great-grandmother, and she was a fisher. She was a fishing lady. And she's taking us through briars, and we're going, and I remember having my pole. And she goes, children, I smell a water mosque. And all of us like, fear. Because we're in briars. You can't see it, but she could smell it because they smell like fish. And I'm like, what do you mean smell it? I can't even see in this place. And fear gripped my heart. But that's not what we're talking about. That, that's just a respect for a snake. You don't want to get bit. But a spirit of fear is something that hangs on you and you live with it. Mm. Remember I talked about a hot stove. You need to respect that hot stove. If you don't, these blisters form on your fingers. Been there, done that. And so you have to respect things in this life. There's, a, there's okay to respect heights, but you, you, know, you can't be afraid of that. You can't be afraid of flying. People have all these fears. They're really afraid of dying. So it settled that. Now, here, I'm, before I dive in, because I'm going to go pretty quick because there's things we're going to do. People in your life that raise you can put their fears in you. I mean, I had to, as a grown man, had to walk out and get rid of fear of storms. Because my other grandmother put that in me. Every time a storm come up, we're underneath the dining room table. What's going on? It's a storm. Storm. Every time. You know, you ever caught a drop off the rooftop? Get in here, you're going to get struck by lightning. And we're like, what? And she was one that told me that you, you cannot get in that water. You know, we're in the creek. You can't get in that water till you learn how to swim. Now, figure that one out. <laughs> and so, hey, anyway. The Bible says 74 times, fear not, do not be afraid. It all adds up to 365, one for every day. Do not be afraid, do fear not. All these things, come on, God's trying to tell you something. Don't be afraid. Uh, uh, fear is placing faith in the what ifs. Let me read you what Moses said in Exodus 4.1. God said, Moses, God told Moses in the burning bush, I want you to go set my people free. And this is Moses' response. It says right here, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? What if? What if? Y'all ever played that what if game? What if a frog had wings? He wouldn't bump his behind every time he hopped. 
The what ifs will eat you up in life. What if we start a business and it fails? What if we do this? And it, what, if I, what, if, what if my husband? What if my children? What if my dog? What if my house? What if, what if, what if, what if? And you live in the what ifs and fear uh, can motivate you in the wrong way. Lock you down that I'm not taking any steps. Because what if it don't work? And God said, go, but, but, but what if? And we all do. Everybody does that to, to the voice of God on the inside of them. I don't know. What if that's not God? What if that's just me? Well, the Word will help you work that out. The Spirit will help you and give you confirmation. But you, I've seen people ignore confirmation, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, and just be stuck in life. You ever been stuck in a rut? You know what a rut is. It's a grave with both ends knocked out. You want to get out of the ruts of life and start serving God and living for God and, and moving forward with life. Amen? So number one and two go together. So we're going to do number one real quick. Stay with me. So what you fear the most reveals what you value the most. Well, that's all right, I guess, huh? If you're afraid of losing your marriage, what you value the most is your marriage. What you worry about your children, it shows you value and love your children. Afraid you can't pay your bills, you might lose your job. Oh, well, oh, oh. you value financial security. But, but what happens, you know, when you, you start chasing things, you put them ahead of God. In Matthew 6, we talked about it last Sunday. It said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. And a wife comes and a house comes and a job comes. And our kids are protected because we're seeking the kingdom of God. Okay? And so we have got to put God first, number one. And that, that's our heart. So number two, what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. Mm. So what you fear the most reveals what you value the most, but what you fear the most in number two reveals where you trust God the least. So let's go back. Let that sink in. You're afraid of losing your marriage? You don't trust God with your marriage. Something happened to a child, then you lose your trust with your children or worrying about it. Terrified that you might never had enough. People make inner vows. I'll always have money. And they'll work to their detriment. They'll work till their kids are struggling and suffering and their wife's at home. And they're working 14, 16 hours a day because we got to have money. Or you, and it's really a poverty mentality. You're driven by you never had anything. And now you're pursuing money. And, you, and money's a poor God. Your husband is a poor God. Your wife's a poor Savior. The only Savior is Jesus. Not your husband, not your wife, not your kids. Do not put your kids ahead of Jesus. Oh, you see these people on TV. I worship my kid. My kids, my kids become come before everything. And the husband's sitting over like, really? You're teaching them wrong. You're teaching them that they're Jesus. Do you put your kids in the manger at Christmas time? Here's your gifts. Here's your gifts. Here's your gifts. There's nothing wrong with gifts, but they're not Jesus. We have to maintain our focus because if we lose our focus, fear overcomes us. And overtakes us, and then you'll let them get away with anything because you're afraid that they won't be your friend. And you're supposed to be their parent. I mean, don't go this way. That's bad. I, that's the Holy Spirit. It's not in my notes. I'm sorry. I'm not apologizing for the Holy Spirit. So, what fear has held you hostage? 
Let me, let me give you a, the story of Job in a synopsis real quick. We, everybody's got their opinion on good old Job in the Bible. It's not Job, it's Job. And so, uh, Job, and let me, uh, before they put it up there, I'm going to read Job 1, 4, and 5. And listen, they don't have that, but just listen to me. And his sons would go, he had seven sons and three daughters, and his sons would go and feast in their houses each on the appointed day. And uh, would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. So it was when the days of feasting had run their course that Job would send and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, and now listen to this fear. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did, th thus Job did regularly. He's sacrificing for his children's sins. He's concerned that they, they might not, they, not might, they might curse God. Uh, what about my kids might not be living right? And, and Job was a wealthy man, but his fear ruled him. And if you read the story, you want to say that God allowed the devil to do this. But you remember, if you read, this is the first time the devil's really talked about it, except in Genesis 3. The devil said, well, you don't, come on, Job, man, you got a hedge about him. You were protecting Job. And God said, well, if, have you looked lately? He's in your hands. See, the, the hedge was gone because of Job's fear. So let's put our scripture up there that's in your notes, Job 3.25. When everybody said your sons are dead, your daughters are dead, you, they stole all your camels, and all this is calamity has come. And Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. What I dreaded has happened to me. So if faith calls Jesus to you into your heart, call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Fear will call calamity. Come on, I had a guy, well, it's 25 years ago. I, I just know I, they're, I can't. I, they're they're going to tell me I got it. They're going to tell me I got it. I said, God, what? He said, whatever. They, I'm going to get it. Cancer. I'm going to get this. I know I'm going to get it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. Today, he has toes are gone. Uh, he can't breathe. He's almost blind. He's had cancer. He's had this. He's had that. He's had everything he called to himself. What are you calling? You better be calling help. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the lamb. I've been washed in the blood. I have victory in Jesus, 1 Corinthians. Even over death, because he rose, I'm going to raise. I'm going to be raised up. To be absent from the bodies, to be in the presence of the Lord for every believer. Precious are the death of his saints. I'm his saints. When I pass away, I'm bouncing in heaven. I told you I can't dance, but I'll dance in heaven. I may be crawling, so glad to be there. Hey, we made it, you know. So let's just deal with some things and let's get rid of these things because we don't want to live in fear. We want to live in faith. And bad things are going to happen. Don't let that knock you off your faith. Bad things happen. We're in a cursed earth. There's disease germs floating around in every house, every room on the street. You got... Uh, in the back of your throat, you got strep throat. It's already there. It's just not, it can't attack your body because your body's strong. 
You didn't know that? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm telling you, you're strong. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Th those are things that we have. It's our position. You're priests and kings. Well, I don't feel like one, Pastor. It doesn't matter what you feel like. That's your position. You can go to God. Hebrews 4 says you can enter in to the throne room of God in God's presence, and you can stand before him and ask. Not be in fear, but say, Lord, I thank you. You're my help, my strength. My. And, Father, I give, in, I give you my fear and my worries today. Hmm. Anyway, so number three, what is the difference between faith and fear? Come on, they're the opposites. You know there's great faith and little faith. You know there's big things, little faith, good things, bad things. Boy, that pizza was good. Oh, that pizza was bad. There are always opposites in the Bible. If the Bible says fear not, that means you have an opportunity to fear. If it says do not be afraid, fear's coming after you. Did you ever think about fear? But also grace is coming after you. God's grace and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Grace and mercy. Stop every now and then. Let it catch up and get on you. But it doesn't, when you get your eyes off the grace and mercy, that you start looking at the fear, because it's scary out there. But we're not living out there. We're living in here. You are the house of God. This is a cool building, wonderful building, love the church building, but you're the house of God. God lives in you. He goes home with you. He's in your house. He's wherever you go. He's with you in Walmart. He's at you, with you at school, teenagers. God's with you. And so, so let's, let's focus on that and on our faith and get our faith on him. The faith chapter in the Bible is Hebrews 11. If you put it up there, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You're afraid because you see something that's ugly and you're wanting to have God's beauty in your life, but the fear of the ugly overcomes the, uns the, the, the unseen realm. you got to call the unseen realm to the seen realm by faith. Read it. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. Hope is a great thing, but you can't live in hope. Always, you have to turn to receive what you're hoping for. You ought to use your faith. Faith is like a rope. You rope something, and you're going to buy faith. That's mine. How many of you call it? How many of you have a dog? Raise your hand. You got a dog? I would say cats, but cats don't come to you when you call them. <laughs> Some of them will, but hey, dogs, you, you call your dog. You don't see him? It's time to feed him. Where's the dog? <whistles> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hunters go like that. Come on, Spot. You're calling what is not seen. You're hoping. I hope he's around here somewhere. And then they come running. Is that way the promises of God work? You ever thought about it like that? Hmm. So let's, let's, uh, uh, let, let's just, Satan can do nothing apart from fear. And this is one that might wreck you, but God can't do anything apart from faith. Well, now, Pastor, the Lord can do anything. No, he's bound himself to his word, and he's moved by your faith, not your crying. How many times, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, how many times did Jesus say, your faith has made you whole? She touched the hem of his garment. He said, daughter, your faith has made you whole because he's just doing nothing. He's full of the glory of God, and she touched the glory and received her healing. Your faith will make you whole. Huh. 
But uh, so this is where she should have been. I'm unclean. If they find out that I'm in this crowd, if they catch me in this crowd, me being being unclean, they're going to stone me. That's the fear she had to overcome. We thought, well, you know, she just snuck up there. She lived in fear her whole life. She had to overcome fear to touch the hem of his garment. What fear is holding you back from serving God? Well, I mean, I might. I, 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 hmm? So, faith moves God. We need to be moving God. We need to be allowing God to move. He wants to move. Somebody said it like this, that God's like the faucet at your house. It's not dripping because it's not on. Turn it on. Water pours out. God's always ready to be poured out on you. But you got him off because gun smoke's on. Or whatever. Come on, get. What was the song the kids sing? Get under the spout where the glory is poured out. Fill my cup. When's the last time you asked him to fill your cup? Are you full of fear? You need to be asking God to fill your cup. Is it, if you're supposed to step out, you know you're supposed to step out, and you haven't stepped out, it's called you're full of fear. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't know why. Yeah, we get up to this. So faith is a spiritual force, God's creative power, the substance of things hoped for. And, and we didn't read it because of time, but Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And, and I'm like, oh. But we're fixing to read that God has given everybody faith. Don't say you don't have faith. You have faith. It may be little. But the Bible says that faith of a mustard seed, which is the smallest seed, can move a mountain. Don't sell yourself short. It's not about you. It's faith in the God who can do and allow him to do. If you're worried and feared that you're not trusting God. We go back to number two, remember? And so... So fear is a a spiritual force, Satan's destructive power, substance of things not desired. Mm. And so I just quoted Romans 12, 3, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. You have faith. Say it with me. I have faith. faith. Now, now I know you you will judge your own faith and say, man, because the Bible talks about weak faith, strong faith, fake faith. You ever heard somebody, you know, that you know they don't have faith, but, oh, I'm ready. You're not ready. We don't have fake faith. Be real with God. God will be real with you, and, but help. But God wants you to develop your faith. And, and so uh, let's, let's look at Matthew 14, 29, and 30 real quick. Uh, we're going to read. This is a story where the disciples are in the boat. It's at night. There's a storm. Waves are rolling. Peter's, uh, they, they see Jesus. And he said, uh, Peter asked Jesus, Lord, if that's you, bid me come to you. And I like this translation. Lord, if that's you, make me like you. And Jesus said, come. And when Peter came out of, down out of the boat and he walked on the water, make me like you. That's our prayer. We need to be praying, Lord Jesus, make me like you. Because me, I'm, I'm weak. I'm not that good. 
But, but he came out and he began to walk on water. Read verse 30. Verse 30 said, when he saw the wind, that's what bolsters me. He was afraid. Fear. And beginning to sink, he cried out because, I, I don't know, there's places you can be in God where you say, mm-hmm, just don't bother me. Woo, I'm in a good place with God. Man, it is awesome. I'm in a good place with God right here. But then you get your eyes off of Jesus. You're like, oh, my Lord, I can't do this. How did I get out here on this water? How did I get into this business? Man. You know, the, the trouble when I was in sales, I was sales for Motorola, uh, man, we would have a blowout year. And guess what happened? In January, you started over and they added 20% to it. How are we going to do this? How in the world am I going to meet these goals? All right, Lord, I'm not looking at these goals anymore. I'm following you and I'm going to work. Bless what I put my hand to. Help me to meet. I don't care about the goals. Help me to fulfill what I'm supposed to do at this job. And I always met my goals. And then they said, you meet your goals. Go pray for the sick in the hospital. Go visit those people in the retirement home. You're all right. I said, well, look, I'll give you. Don't even ask me. Just go. I need off early. I'm going to church. I got to go to church and do some. Get, get on. Get out of here. What are you doing here still? That, that's awesome. I need to go help the pastor. Get out of here. Quit asking me. I, they trusted me because I got all my, I hit my goals, and it was God that helped me hit my goals so I could do stuff for the kingdom. Wow. Best job I ever had. All of them took youth to camp. And now when I lined up and take my youth to camp, the owner of the company said, listen, this ain't your vacation. We all took our vacation and took youth to camp. This is not your vacation. You take those youth to camp, and then you take a vacation whenever you want to with your family. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. And so you, that, you're talking about favor, and a friend of mine's in here, and he said, favor's not fair. People get mad because you get God's favor. Just don't brag about God's favor. When they come at you, you say, mm, God, I didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for that. But they gave it to me. Come on, expect God to give you favor, especially when you're doing stuff for him. And so, so, so faith moves God. Uh, Peter stepped out because he began to sing because he took his eyes off Jesus. He was full of Jesus because his eyes was full of Jesus. It's something there. You listen. He's full of Jesus because his ears were full of Jesus. Hey, Lord. And he heard Jesus answer. But then he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to hear. I wish say I could make this stuff up and had that already prepared, but that's. Anyway, fear is not natural to the born-again believer. And Deuteronomy talks about the blessing and the curse. If you read the curse, it's fears in there. Fears all in that curse. And so uh, in 1 John 4, 17 and 18, it says, Love has been perfected among us. He put it up there. There we go. And, and, and we need to know that it's perfected, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment 
Because as he is, so are we in this world. Remember, remember I said, Peter said, Lord, make me like you. We're like him. But fear keeps us from doing what he did. He said, the miracles I do, you're going to do greater. You're going to get people saved, filled with the Spirit of God. You're going to be able to lay hands on the sick. You're going to do all these things. Woo, you're going to be able to lead people to Jesus, the greatest miracle. Y'all quiet on me. You need to be praying about leading somebody to Jesus. And, and verse 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment, and he who fears has been met, not made perfect in love. If you're in fear, you're not focused on the love of God. We sang about the overwhelming love of God that will consume you, and it drives out fear. You're not focused on the love of God. You're not focused on what Jesus did in rally. She talked about, hey, the love of God has consumed us. And we need to be focusing, be full of God, and then you become fearless. I know it's hard. But we serve God without fear. We live with God without fear. And we'll remind you, Satan can do nothing apart from fear. He tried to put fear in Jesus. He put fear in the apostles. He put fear. It's his tactic. Doubt, unbelief, and fear. You don't have a faith problem. You have an unbelief problem. So we're at number four. What makes faith grow? What makes fear grow? You're writing it down. What makes them grow? We need to focus on growing. Faith. Faith can be little, can be big. Faith can be strong, be weak. And faith can be strong and all of a sudden something happened and, and knock you off your feet. And you call, it's called shipwreck faith. There's a lot of people out in the world, a lot of people that got hurt. And, and because they were trying to do their thing or that something happened and that they were shipwrecked. And they're out there floating in the world and, and, and not serving God, not living for him because they're blaming him. And man, the devil's trying to trip you up. And, and, and he, so, so I've said this before. Let me try to explain this. If I'm the enemy, if I'm the devil, and if I can make her cry, and her crying moves God, I'm using her as the devil's using her to move God. God is not moved by your crying and emotions. I cried, cried, but he's not moved. He's, uh, I, 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 I called my wife, and she said, well, what do, what do you think? And I began to cry. I said, I don't, I don't know. But I said this, I may not know and I may not understand, but if I made a mistake, my God is big enough to help me in my stupidity. My God, and I declared it to her. I said, God is big enough to help me. If I miss God, if I messed up, he is still God. Because so that takes the fear out of it. And lo and behold, it, God took care of everything that we were struggling with. But I was crying. It's no crying doesn't move, but my, the words that came out of my mouth that I may be, I'm the idiot, not God. And I may have missed God. We may have missed God. But even if I miss God, he still loves me and he wants to take me back. And you know what? Boom. He opened the door. And so the thing about it is the door's open and, and you know, the, the, it was there. The, the, you just had to wait. And that's the trouble. We don't want to wait. Because, man, we're waiting. And now we're starting to look around. And we're like, ooh, it looks scary over there just what we do and so focus God you it's all right to cry but don't stay there it's all right the fear gonna pass through you 
uh, my aunt was, uh, she's the youngest of the family, and I was the oldest grandkid. So we about a year and three quarters apart, year and a half. We went to school together, and my grandmother said, you take, take care of her. You know, that's her baby girl. She was a senior, and I was a sophomore. Uh, went all through school, and I just bugged her like a sister. I bummed money off of her and everything. Uh, I'm driving down the road, you know, and I pull over, and actually my wife's driveway at the, she wasn't then at the time, and, and I look, and there's a car wreck, and a log had fell off a truck. You got 16-foot logs in Louisiana they haul. It fell off and hit this car. I look at that car. That's my aunt's car. I'm talking about fear gripped me, and I'm like, I'm like this. I take off, and I'm going to run. And I began to run, and they start draping the car with plastic. And I'm like, my legs went, because I thought, she's, done, she's dead. But it was raining, and the windshield was busted out, and they were covering it up to keep her from getting wet, because they had to cut the car out, cut her out of the car. But I just went to rubber. That's not a spirit of faith. That's fear. That's not a spirit of fear. It's not a spirit of fear, an attitude of fear. See, the Bible talks about that we need to have the spirit of faith. Or uh, what do Marines have? Esprit de corps. The spirit of the corps. Once a Marine, always a Marine, baby. Well, once a Christian, always a Christian. And I'm going to fight no matter what. You got to have that bow up. But fear is going to pass through you. But you got to get your grip and begin to pray the Word of God and begin to stand on the Word of God. She didn't die. She wasn't dead. But I'm just giving you that example. Fear will pass through you. You can't live there because it'll shut you down completely. And so, so uh, as we look at faith, uh, what makes faith grow? Romans 10, 17, faith grows by hearing. Faith comes by hearing, 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 hearing the Word of God and continually hearing the Word of God and putting the Word of God in your heart. But some of us are like, well, I've heard sermons on fear before. I, I'm just going to check out and figure out what we're going to eat for lunch today. I mean, have you, anybody ever had a hamburger? Did you eat it one time? And ah, I'm good with hamburgers. I'm going to do something else now. No, you eat and you eat and you eat physically. You kids have to eat to grow. We had a little boy that was this tall, and he was 11 years old. He'd been in a closet for four years. They fed him every now and then. And he was underdeveloped mentally and physically. You got to develop spiritually by feeding yourself the Word of God to come against the fear that's in this world. So you got to stay in the Word. you got to feed the Word. Listen to somebody preaching. Go back and listen to our sermons. Go back and get with somebody that will pour into you and stay in the Word. And so uh, Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep, in the, keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So life begins in the Word of God. Health begins with the Word of God. We have to say, so de develop. Faith is developed by meditating and acting on the Word. Not only saying what the Word says, I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I've been born again. I've been washed in the blood. I I'm, I'm, I'm what the Word says I am. Now you start acting like it. Oop, I'm not going to do that. I, I, I want to be holy. I'm not going to watch that. I want to be holy. I'm not going to listen to that. I want to be holy. He said, come out from among them, be ye separate, be ye holy. That's no Testament and New Testament. And so there are things that, that will make you unholy. Doesn't mean you're going to hell because you happen to watch something, but it, it will affect you. It will affect your faith. You have got to be established because fear, man, 
Uh, y'all don't lie to me, but I, I'm gonna t- you ever saw, well, so anybody ever watch a scary movie and you can't sleep that night? Yeah. Or, uh, you know, my wife said, I'm not watching any killing shows. It's Hall- Where's the Hallmark Channel? And I go, well, he, they, you know, he going to marry her and they're going to live happily ever after, uh, you know. <laughs> but, but I was teaching youth one time and I'm, I'm doing the youth class and this boy was like this. And I said, man, what's wrong? You didn't sleep? He watched, he watched Frankenstein versus Wolfman and he didn't sleep at all last night. And they was laughing at him and he's full of fear. So every time it gets dark, it took him months to get over the fear that was put in him. Your children can put some stuff in you. And it irritates me that people let their kids, little ones, watch those horror things. Come on now. Oh, it doesn't bother them at all. Well, hey, you ever seen a kid with night terrors? That's a spirit of fear. They, I mean, I, I just take off, I, I, I take off running, screaming, and they're asleep because they're having a nightmare. And, you know, some kids have vivid dreams. So, so faith is uh, meditating and acting on the Word of God. Faith is applied by speaking the things that are not as though they were. Remember, you called the things to you. I'm trying to help you with faith a little bit. And, and so, uh, the father of faith is Abraham. And Romans 4, 16, God taught him how to call things and call himself what God said, I want you to be. So, let's look at Romans 4, 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So, faith and grace. God's going to help you when you get in faith. His power, his grace is power to live right. To be right and to be what he's called you to be. Quit dabbling. I was telling them uh, the other day, I remember this, this guy had this dream, and, and then there was the devil side and God side, and he found out he woke up in his dream, he's on the devil side, and he ran and jumped on the fence. And he said, I'm not on anybody's side. And the devil started laughing and said, I'm on the fence. And so we have to understand that it is by faith so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. We're the seed, and every promise in the Word of God is sure to us. We can have it, but we got to go after it. You know, if you come to my house and I cook something for you, I am not going to feed you. My mama quit feeding me at four years old. And matter of fact, if I go to her house now, she'd be glad to see me. She'll fix me something, but after that, it's in the refrigerator. The milk's in there, cereal's up there, go fix it yourself. You have to be a self-feeder. You have to feed yourself on the Word of God, and you need to ask God to give you a desire for the Word of God. Well, I just can't understand it. I can't memorize it, Pastor. Baloney. You can memorize all kinds of trash that you heard was a kid. Music, poems, songs. You can remember when somebody was ugly to you in the second grade, ladies, they stole your barber and cut all her hair off. And you still can't. Every time you think about it, you Now, men get in a fist fight. I fought my best friend twice, and we're still my best friend. You know, but not with him. You know, I'm sorry. So, 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 he's got it up there. Therefore, it's a faith that might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are the seed uh, are of the law, but those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. That's us. The second part is us. We're, we're the seed of faith. 
And so, in verse 17, it says, It is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So, so here's, here's the way this works. Abraham couldn't have children. And he's 100 years old, and he's been believing for 20 years. We, won't, we got McDonald faith. Can I help you? Yeah, Lord, I need a sausage biscuit and a, a small Coke. And oh, pull around, you're told to be at the first window. I've been through there. I go. Yeah. And if it's not there, where's my order? And we do that with God. God, I ask. I've been waiting two minutes. God said that he works through people. If you believe in God for an increase in money, if you believe in God for sales, then you need to ask God for favor with people. You need favor with your boss. How do you get favor with your boss? Show up early and stay late. Oh, that would be, that's blasphemy. Are you kidding me? Show up early and stay late. You want favor? You want that raise? How about acting like you like your job? I've had to act like I like certain jobs. I've had to act like I like certain parts of the job. I have to act like I like being a pastor sometimes. When I didn't sign up for that. You know? You, there's a, a lot of things that we have to do in life. Come on, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Don't mean you're just smiling all the time. No, but on the inside, you, you're fighting the fight of faith. And you're going to live with the strength of God and the power of God, and tough times are going to come, but you're going to make it. And if you don't make it, what happens? You go to heaven. Amen. You're going to live eternity with God. And who are you going to be? Say, if you, you die at, at 17, you're going to be who you are, who's supposed to be on the earth, in heaven. It ain't over. It's just beginning. There's the door right there to a whole new world. And it's in Jesus. And so you want it, God, God's a God of increase, God's a God of health, God's a God of blessing, but you're going to have to fight to keep them. You're going to have to fight to go after them. You have to maintain health and maintain increase and maintain joy because fear wants to take its place, anxiety and worry. And so Abraham, let's go back real story real quick. Abraham's called his name. Abraham means father. Abram means father. Abraham means father of many. How you doing? I'm father of many. Where's your kids at? I don't have any. That's the stupidest thing I ever heard. But he was calling himself the father of many nations, and he began. He was the father of many nations because many nations came out of him, out of his children. So Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Come on, God is our source and our strength. If, remember what we said? If God gave up his son, what else would he hold? He won't not withhold any good thing from us. Then fear grows by the same way, seeing what you see out there, what you hear out there, it's on the news. Oh, this has happened, this calamity happened, we've got coronavirus and fear of that and fear of this. And now they got this, and they got this, and they got coronavirus 93, and they got, uh, uh, and you're going to get it. You cannot. Do with that. Come on, we're going to trust God. What about the Antichrist? Oh, I've been scared of him since I was six. I had to get over that too. 
I'm scared of hell. I mean, I had preachers preach hell and my tennis shoes was melting on the back row. What was that one guy said? You know, I, had a, I went to a Catholic school and the nun taught, taught on hell like she was born and raised there. And it just, man, he said, it scared me. She scared us all. We was afraid of her. So, so that, you know, it's your focus, people. We focus on the love of God, the power of God, the life of God. Fears developed by meditating and acting on Satan's lies. Fears applied by speaking. And as I was studying this, I, could, I got too many scriptures, but as I was studying this, do not be afraid when you see that army of 40,000 coming against your 3,000. Do not shake and tremble, for I am the Lord will fight your battles. Can we say the Lord will fight my battles? You know what that means? You're going to have to get out of the way. You're hanging on to your battle. Lord, you got to help me with this. Oh, Lord, it's getting heavy. Help me, Lord. Will you let it go? Can you let it go? Can you trust him? So what must I do to overcome? Fear. That's number five. Psalm 34 said, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So, we, so what we're going to do today is let some fears go. Acknowledge your fear and choose to trust God in any way. So where's my ushers at? Pass out the cards. Burn the, there's pens. If you don't have a pen, there should be one behind you, but I need you to get a pen. We're going to do an index card, and I want you to write some fears. Don't put your name on there. Nobody's going to read it. And if, if, if the fear that you have is sitting beside you, just put X or put some kind of marking or scribble something. Because they may peek over there and look at it. But I want to write some things down, and we're going to throw it away. I heard a, a, a pastor, he was uh, ministering to this couple. And she goes, Pastor, you teach to cast your cares on the Lord. And she goes, my cares and fears are my husband. I, I, I just want him to know Jesus and my cares and fears. And you said, cast your care. My husband's 345 pounds. How do I cast him? How do I cast him over on the Lord? And what we're about to do is what he said to do. Put his name down on a card and said, Lord, I trust you with my husband. And then I want you to give it away. I heard this. This guy uh, his son come in, his son come in 18, he was watching TV, and his come in, son come in like this. He's drunk. And he looked at his son, and then he looked up to heaven. And he looked up at his son, and he looked up to heaven, he looked at his son, he looked up to heaven, and he said, Lord, you got a problem. And his son never got drunk again, because he said it in front, he said, God, Here's your problem. I'm just trying to say, there was a preacher that, that I'd heard of living in town we did in Louisiana, and he had this huge garden, and he planted a huge garden, and he gave these, the, the produce away. He had more than what he, but he planted this garden to give it away. And one day he walks out, and the potato bugs are eating up everything. And he goes, Lord, this is your garden, and these are your bugs. I need you to help me with this. Next morning, he walked out, and there was dead bugs all in the garden because he gave. That was the enemy trying to steal his, the blessing to the people in that community. What is the blessing that you have in your life that the enemy's been stealing from the people around you because you're too afraid to step out? So I want you to begin writing these down because, listen, 
2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. If you recognize that you have a thought and it's fear, you're supposed to say, no. Get out of my mind, get out of my thoughts and replace it. I am a child of God. The devil used to crawl in bed with me when I, you know, you know you're not, you're not living right. You know you're not saved. You know you're not saved. You, you, you can't be saved what you did, you know, 16, 17. Man, he said, just quit trying to be saved and quit trying to live for God and be like the other side of your family that's, you know, all alcoholic. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to live for God. No. See, he'll try to talk you out of your salvation. He'll think, tell you you're not saved. People give up. People, I've been to the insane asylums. I've been to jail. And people tell me they committed the unpardonable sin. And we may have to deal with that. And I said, no, you haven't. You don't even know God. He does not hold it against you that you cussed him or use his name in vain. You don't even know him. To commit the unpardonable sin is you got to know him and then deny him. Like Clayton's not here. He doesn't even exist. He is not real. And there he is. And Jesus is here for me to deny him. Deny the Holy Spirit is the unpardonable sin. But people have lost their minds because some preacher told them, you've committed the unpardonable sin. Baloney. When did you taste of the heavenly gifts? When did you walk with God in an a, a, a enormous measure? When did you have the gifts of the Spirit flowing in your life and then you want to turn around and say it's not real? I, only, one of my favorite preachers was old. He said, I've only seen two cases of that. And the only reason I knew it is God told me. I was praying for those people, and God said, quit. Only two out of 60 years of ministry. It's not common. You have not committed the unpardonable sin. Don't let the devil lie to you. You're no good. They wrote that song, you're no good, you're no good. That was the devil who wrote that stuff. Because you are a child of God. You're blessed by God. Well, I don't feel like it. Quit looking at yourself. Start looking at him. See, when you get depressed, you're looking at you. It's just not working for me. I don't know why I go on go over and help me. All right, well, write down the day why God's not doing what has not done. Let's write it down and let's give it to him and let him operate. Can we do that today? I know we got we got just we'll read one more scripture. Two more. It says, humble yourself. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. It's just time to cast fears, 1 Peter 5, 6. In Galatians 3, 13, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Man, are you? Uh, people are afraid of the curse of sickness, the curse of poverty, the curse on the marriages, divorce, the curse on their children. They're afraid of these curses. We've been redeemed from that curse. We're not, so let's bind some of these things right down and then, and, and by faith, I want you to get up and come put it in the trash can. I, and I am not reading these things. I got my own cares. We're going to burn them. They will disappear after the service today. I am not reading these. I don't want to read them. I got my own issues that I have to cast my cares on God. So why don't you step up? Come on, step up and just come throw it in the trash can. You're through with it. In Jesus' name. Father, we just cast our cares over on you, our fears, our worries. It's not working. All the, the thoughts of it's not working or what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do next? 
How am I supposed to do it? My marriage, my husband, my wife, I cast them over on you, Lord. I release them to you. You're my strength, my shield. You're my help. Father, I give you my business. I give you my life. I give you everything, Lord. I give you those, my family members that aren't saved, my children that aren't saved, my children aren't living right. I cast them over on you. I thank you, Father, that you, Lord, are the one who are mighty. We just cast our cares over on you. And, Father, we rejoice that you're our helper and our strength and our shield, that you're the glory and the lifter of our head. And, Father, that you've caused us to overcome uh, fear, anxiety, worry. Father, that we're going to step into the people that we're called to be, the husband that we're called to be, the wife that we're called to be, the people that we're called to be, the business people that we're called to be. Father, we're going to step in and we're going to do things for the kingdom of God. We're going to do things uh, in a greater measure for you with our whole life, with all that we are. Father, I thank you for freedom today, freedom from fear. In the name of Jesus, freedom from fear. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, the fear of death is broken today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, I thank you for the assurance what we're doing today that you back it, that you reveal yourself to people today. Lord God, that you make things known, that you bring confirmation to people, Lord God. Confirmation that you did the right thing, that you're doing the right thing, that you're following the will of God for our life. We're not afraid to do the will of God. Would you close your eyes just for a moment? You'll make your way back to your seat. If you're sitting, close your eyes. Father, I pray over every person. Lord God, we release these things. We let them go. We're not going to come and dig them out of the trash. When they come back, and the devil will bring them back. Mark 4 says when the word is preached, that the enemy comes immediately to steal the word. We're not going to let this word be stolen. We're going to stand against worry. We're going to stand against fear. We're going to stand against anxiety. We're going to re rebuke the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. And we're going to take victory that belongs to us. Let me, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, let me ask you a question real quick. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, will you accept him today? Don't be afraid to accept him. Will you believe in him? Can you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor Brad. I have never asked Jesus to come into my heart, and I want him to come into my heart. I want to know that heaven is my home. I see your hand, sir. You've never asked him to come into your life. Would you lift your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor? I see, yes. And maybe you're sitting here and you haven't been living for him and you're just afraid you can't live for him. That's a lie, too. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Say, Father, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he died on the cross for my sins I believe he rose again and I give him my life today in Jesus name amen now look at me I want to say this 
I'm trying to know how to say it. The Spirit of God said this. If you're in a relationship that you're afraid of, you, this, ain't, this is not to stay in it. This is for wisdom and the strength to walk out of it, to get out of it if you have to. Hmm? No, this is, no, this is not where you can be abused and stay in fear and where, where you're living in fear. Sometimes you have to get out. Sometimes you have to do something. I don't know what I'm going to do. There's help. I'm just going to say that. There's help. Because this is by the Spirit of God. Come on, you got to do you. It, this is not release you from getting getting out. You got to get out. I mean, there are reasons to leave and divorce, adultery, and abuse. Okay, this stuff. Oh, I just don't love him anymore. That's baloney. Love's on purpose. You fell in love to begin with. You maintain it. You work at it. I know it's hard, difficult times, and I'm not against people that divorce. I'm just saying those are two biblical reasons. And maybe some of y'all dealing with some stuff. I see tears in eyes. And so let God lead you. But be strong. And, you know, so don't be afraid to be married. You got to, marriage is work. Next, next week we're talking about marriage. Marriage is not an ending. It's, it's a path. It's, it's a journey. I've been married 42 years. For, and, whoo, sometimes she didn't like me. She said, I love you, but I don't like you right now. I said, same here. <laughs> but it doesn't mean we're going to quit. We're going to work on it. We always come back. Okay, we're going to deal with this thing, you know, whatever. And so whatever the issues are, but, but don't, no. -uh. You know, if your parents are abusing you, get out of that. And that's what, uh, you know, want to say, husband and wife, I, I'm trying not to prolong the service, but the, talk to me privately you know so anyway father we thank you for your word today we thank you for the victory that's in christ jesus thank you lord god we rebuke fear and we thank you father that we're overcomers of fear doubt unbelief and i thank you for new beginnings today in everyone's life in jesus name amen